talking about them good old days songs, movies, radio plays Conjuring up the old-time ways in death's attic Okay Good evening <laughs> <laughs> That was me saying hello Still works We are on for our last episode da, 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 of da, the second, second season. season yeah and i have another trivia question lay for it you. on me pop this is big for my brother pat he keeps trying to stump me <laughs> and i've featured a couple of his he was the one with the oswald cobble pot cobble pot and now we got another one he wrote me today and said who is arvo ojala that j might have a, like a y sound or yeah that kind of a sound yeah arvo ojala or Ojala, and I didn't know I had to look it up, and then I had to fire back to him. Okay, well, who was Vinko Bogotaj? What the heck? I don't know. They're they're actually people kind from of, the circus or something. No, oh. they're actually kind of um, when I when I saw who Arvo Ojala is or was, right away I thought of Vinko Bogotaj, but I had to look up his name. They're kind of similar in our culture, or our, hmm. our uh, pop culture. Okay. Arvo Ojala was a, an actor, stuntman. He never got the recognition for this. He was the guy who you see in the beginning of the Gunsmoke TV shows when Matt Dillon, there's a, there's a, a duel in the street in Dodge City, and... All of a sudden, bang, bang, and the guy drops, and and, mm. and uh, the smell of gun smoke or whatever. <gasps> if the music comes on, then yeah. James Ardess shoots this guy dead on the street, and the guy he shot was Arvo Ojala. So, <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? How Pat knew what I was talking about gun smoke later tonight, I don't know. Well, and did then, he listen to our previous episode? And Maybe. Maybe. And or was bo- just the Bone up on his gun smoke trivia? <laughs> Um, but then I thought of Vinko Bogotaj, and that was the guy on, he's another famous person who everybody knows my age. He was the guy in the beginning of Wide World of Sports, and I'm not sure what country he was from, but he was a skier who went down the, the ski slope, and he wipes out and, and crashes and bleh, you know, huh. and they, they say something about the thrill of victory. And they're showing somebody winning the race and the agony of defeat. Oh, gosh. And then they show this Vinko Bogotaj spilling did, the... Did right. Uncle Pat know who you're talking about? He didn't. He had to look <laughs> up. <laughs> well, you two really keeping each other on your toes. <laughs> That's funny. But there are two wow. losers who everybody knows and has seen, you and know. with very interesting names. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, well, that was your little quiz. Cool. I need to make some corrections on my own presentations okay. that I made. First of all, two times ago, I was talking about the comics page, and Blondie and Dagwood, I had that all messed up, and I knew as I was saying it that that was not oh. quite right. It was Blondie who was from a poor family, and Dagwood ah. was from the rich family, and Dagwood's dad, who was filthy rich, said, if you marry her... I'm cutting you out of my will. And he said, I'll, I'm marrying her. There's so much love here. He was wow. not going to give her up. Cool. So, yeah. And she was kind of this dim-witted flapper, dancer type, you know. 
Um, that was kind of the humor in the beginning. She did, she was she's become much smarter. She runs her own business now and all that kind of stuff. But in the beginning, Blondie was kind of a scatterbrain. I love how you said she she's really come up in the world. She runs her own business now. <laughs> As if she's <laughs> she's really well, improved. In my mind, her. she is. <laughs> It was. She's probably about ninety years old. No, no, her character is ninety years old. So she was probably twenty-five. Now she's one hundred and fifteen, at least. So yeah, something like that. That's great. So anyway, and then I have to make other corrections too. Yeah. I re-listened to our show from last time with Family Affair, and I really felt bad that that I didn't include this information which is mm. vital oh. we're trying to keep these people's memories alive and everything else i talked about uncle bill yeah brian keith and sebastian cabot was mr french i never gave the real names of these other characters oh you know let's hear them um i talked a lot about buffy mm-hmm. and her real name was ava elizabeth patterson uh, davis yes <laughs> wow <laughs> Well, her real, real name, the actor who played the part, Anissa Jones. Mm. Johnny Whitaker was her twin brother, Jody. Okay. And Kathy Garver played Sissy. Ah. Kathy Garver was at one of those events you and I went oh, to. Oh, really? Yep, she was Which there. Which one? I think Chiller? the Chiller. Yep, she was there. Oh, my there. gosh. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So wow. she'd probably be a little bit older than me. Can't so believe you didn't go get her autograph. Well. Come on. <laughs> Got everybody else's that day. Uh, I'm sure it would have been fun. Yeah. Here's another thing that me- mm. needs a little catching up. I listened to the podcast Mobituaries mm-hmm. with Mo Rocca. Yep. And I listened to the one about June Foray, ah. who was the voice of Rocky yep. Squirrel and uh, mm-hmm. lots of cartoon voices. Somebody on that show was, was reflecting on all these cartoon voices mm-hmm. and and why Bart Simpson's voice yeah. is done by a woman, you know. Um, so they if, if they got a 10-year-old boy, right? yeah, their voice changes, and then yeah. they've got to get somebody else. And if they just hire a woman, they got it they've for got it forever. Years, yeah. Right? That's yeah. why that's why Peter Pan was played mm-hmm. by a woman. Another reason or perhaps mm-hmm. why yeah. they did, that, did it that way. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. Um, Thanks yeah. for the info. That's good to yeah. to kind of clear things up, especially in our final episode for Got this to catch season. up on these things yeah. and, and set them straight. Yeah. Nice. Well, do you have anything that's new that's old, by chance? I'm reading a book. I'm not sure how much sports should be part of our... Once before, I I mentioned sports. It's part of the pop culture. But I'm reading a book called Stumbling Around the Bases. I thought it was really interesting. Hmm. It's about baseball and how the American League is so different from the National League, and I've never mm. thought of this stuff. Mm. It was a fascinating book because it was full of names that are familiar to me that I never really paid much attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Veck, who was the owner of the White Sox when I was a kid. Charlie Finley was the owner of the Oakland A's. Mm. And other owners, commissioners, all those kinds of people were discussed in this book. And how the American League has been consistently behind the National League attendance um, figures and all that. It's because the American League does really bad decision making. And Mm -hmm. I never thought of it this way. The Yankees are in the American League and they've they've won a lot of World Series um, over the years. But 
things like this. Jackie Robinson was selected by the Dodgers, you know, in the National League, and other National League teams took on Henry Aaron, Willie Mays, you know, all kinds of different um, African-American players were selected to be in the National League. The American League dragged their feet and resisted doing that, and because of it, they had poorer talent, you know, Mm. and not just that, but this was an interesting book. Stumbling Around the Bases, I thought it was good. Okay, I looked for that scene in Niagara where you said Don Wilson pulls up at a 1902 Maxwell or yeah. something. I didn't see it. Oh. He pulls up in a kind of a fancy car, but it wouldn't oh. be 1902. That would be like an old car. That's what I thought, too, when yeah. I saw that piece of trivia. That would be like But they a... had so many details on that piece, uh, that specific piece of trivia that I read. But I thought, I mean, they they really, whoever wrote that really went into detail. Well, so you would think it would be, I, I read I, that after having I watched it, so I didn't Yeah, put it I didn't remember that, and mm. I think I would have. And then when I watched for it, he's, it's kind of a fancy, nice, sleek yeah, car. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's not an old Tin Lizzie thing, you know. Oh. Um, Maybe there's a different scene that we didn't yeah, notice or something? Yeah, we've got to see about that, what, the, yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, I'll look into it more, but thanks. Yeah, that's a good point. Something else I wanted to mention to you, it's not really a topic of conversation necessarily it is an idea for how we should go about next season a little oh yeah um while researching my topic this week which was beach boys i came across lots of names it made me want to go research down other avenues but i I had to focus on them you know Uh and that often happens to me i'll often be watching a movie be interested in this one character but i'm supposed to be focusing on this other one or something yeah and then go on a tangent with somebody else and eh. And it's, it's fun, though. It's nice to get a bigger, broader, well-rounded picture of the whole time well, that way. Well, you could keep going. You like, could keep going. Like a tree, you know, yep. branching off. So I, my thought was, next time we do this, next season, um, I'm going to just jot down those names as they come up. People who interest me, and then I'm just going to put them in the jar. Because Good I think idea. in the past, you and I have had, had struggles with that, because we'll put some names in, and not necessarily names that we were sparked by, and it kind of falls flat, or we end up begrudgingly doing yeah. some research. So this would guarantee that you already had some kind of interest in the person before right. before beginning. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. This other time, you have to shift gears almost to the point of getting whiplash. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. And once in a while, it wouldn't be bad to shift from this to something way different. Yeah. But, right. um, you know, but... That, if that this happens once in a while, mm-hmm. fine. But lots of times it can just kind of one thing and flow yeah, to the next. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. In fact, I've got something tonight. Um, more song lyrics. Oh, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> good and bad. Oh, okay. And when I when I stumbled on the good one, I thought, wow, I want to have I want to study this more in depth. Um, it was it's the lyrics of Hal David. You know, he wrote with, hmm. with uh, Burt Bacharach mostly. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not sure if I recognize that name, to be honest. I love Burt Bacharach. Well, all those songs, that especially that I think of when uh, Dionne Warwick, mm. the ones she did. Oh, those two so guys good. wrote those songs. Really? Yeah. I didn't know and that. And Hal David, I'd like to learn more about him, because hmm. I've just been fascinated by the lyrics yes. of these songwriters. You know, they're, they're, it's so... If, if I wrote one... <laughs> Of those, uh, of the Wizard of Oz songs we talked uh, about, 
if I wrote one of those, I'd be happy for the rest of my life. And that, those guys, they they, just, they write one after another. Yeah. Hal David, too. He's written so many songs. The one that caught my ear, and I and I got kind of like, well, I want to talk about that mm-hmm. as, as far as complimenting the songwriting on this one. And it's, you know, it's uh, this man who wrote this song from a woman's perspective. And they used to do this with Dionne Warwick. Mm-hmm. They wrote songs just for her. And yeah, she, she yeah. was tied how con- interesting would that contractually be? with them you know so to yeah be really getting into her knowing that this is the the vessel you're using yeah. to get your point across that's the know? term for it yeah and she was so she was a personality herself so they knew this would work for her and not somebody else yeah what song was it it was um i say a little prayer for oh. you it's such a nice little song you know here's this man writing the moment i wake up before I put on before my I... makeup. Yeah. yeah. So wake up and make up are the rhymes. I think that's just, it's just, this the whole thing flows so nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a small way of saying a really big thing, you know, that, that she loves this person. I'm yeah. saying a little prayer for you. It's so nice. Um, fix my hair now, deciding what I'm going to wear now. Um, I get on the bus, dear, and I think of us, dear. Just so nice. The rhymes are mm-hmm. are great, but not cheesy. Right. At work, I just take time, and all through my coffee break time, it just <laughs> it's just so nicely done. You know, geez. So I love uh, that song, that's cool. and, and I think it's really really all those songs that she did. I think mm-hmm. are, are good. I love "Walk On By." Ah, uh-huh. that's a really good. One. I think there's a music video of her singing it, or maybe she was on some kind of TV show uh-huh. and was singing it, and I. Just love watching that. Mm-hmm. She's walking along herself, along this kind of dark street, and singing this. But it's a great someone. song oh, too. So, it's so good. The the the. And it's it's not an easy one. I've tried playing that on the guitar uh-huh. and singing along. It's tough. It's it, I think to me that shows the standard when you. It, it's not an easy one to mm-hmm. sing or to present. So when she does it so effortlessly, you can tell. I thought it would be easy to pick up the guitar and play it, and it, it wasn't. Uh, and that shows how complicated it actually is. Well, the emotions that are being described in mm-hmm. that song are are powerful, too. Yep. And I just think what Burt Bacharach does is such a nice job of that, these little horns, these mm-hmm. little, little spots of horns yep. that, that he inserts in those songs. Yeah, yeah. So... Here's my here's my clunker. Uh-oh. It was a number one song when I was a kid, and it was a number one song for many weeks in a row. Okay. So there's a there's one line in it. In fact, when I was a kid, we all, a lot of people thought it was a sappy mm. song. This was a song from the 60s. And it was it's a real tearjerker. Mm. You know, in the 50s they had Teen Angel. The girl dies in a car accident, mm. and the boy is singing. But sometimes it's the other way around. I don't know, like uh, leader of the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it's tragic ending. Oh, you know. So, but this is one where this woman dies and the man is singing. Oh, you know. See the tree, how big it's grown. But friend, it hasn't been so long. It wasn't big. You know that what song? Yeah. It was, it's the song Honey oh. by Bobby Goldsboro. And it was a number one song. Oh, wow, I don't know. I'm familiar with See that. See the tree, how big it's grown, but friends, it hasn't been so long. Oh. It's a good, actually, the, the lyrics for the first part of that song are decent. Mm. 
I like that they're looking at this little tree that's grown some, and it was this honey, his his girlfriend or wife, I'm not sure mm-hmm. which. She planted it, so that's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. She planted this tree. Yeah. He laughed at her, and and uh, you know for think, thinking this was going to be a great idea to plant this tree. I don't know why he, why he laughed at her, but man, that's uh, not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed at her, and she got mad the first day that she planted it was just a twig so it had to rhyme with big i guess <laughs> wow. that's not that's not the worst of it well honey died we don't know how but um the <laughs> angels came and you know, there's something the, the lyrics are pretty sappy yeah. but the one that really i object to is this it's the second verse she wrecked the car and she was sad and so afraid that I'd be mad. But what the heck? He actually says that in the song. But what the heck? Now, what has to rhyme with heck? Though I pretended hard to be, guess you could say she saw through me and hugged my neck. Oh. Isn't that awful? But that... <laughs> So she didn't die in this car. She wrecked no, the car. No, she died somehow of natural causes. I think. Why didn't he have say she something about wreck? Well, she he didn't get done, in a wreck. Thought you, you just said that he what? No, she did not die in a wreck. She died. No, not die, but she did wreck the car. Oh yeah. He could have used car wreck. <laughs> Why couldn't he do You're what right. the heck? What the heck with this car wreck? She wrecked the car and she was sad. And so afraid that I'd be mad. But what the heck? So there's heck and wreck right there. Come on, you messed that one up. Then she came and hugged my neck. It's just so bad. It's just so bad. (laughs) The imagery. (laughs) Plus, what a weird thing to add in your song. Well. I mean. Yeah, there was more. That's what's going to show you that that you really love her. uh, That you did not get mad when she wrecked your car. Okay. Uh, well, Honey was a big hit, number one. I don't know how long it was. Uh, we all were so tired of Low it. Low standards. The, by the time it sunk down and got <laughs> off the charts, we were like, oh, get that out of here. Uh, so, oh boy. Poor guy. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, okay. You want to tell me about Gunsmoke? I can tell you about Gunsmoke. Yeah. Gunsmoke was a radio show that came out in 1952. By 1955, it was on TV. And the radio show continued. So for like seven years, Mm -hmm. there was a radio version and a TV version. That was unheard of for the time. Yeah, how odd that was. And in 1961 or 62, I can't remember, the radio show stopped. And the TV show went on into the 70s, you know. Um, But... It was a radio show first, and I think, and I'm not alone, a lot of people would prefer the radio mm-hmm. show. It was amazing. All the episodes have been yeah. saved, I think. All wow. the, even Even some of the rehearsals and, and um, pilot episodes mm-hmm. and all that, they're still there for you. It was created by this man named Norman McDonald, and he, he insisted that he wanted this to be a realistic Western now, what you had before Gunsmoke was the Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. where it was mainly for kids. You know, uh, the good guy always won. Mm-hmm. 
the the bad guy always lost. It was just it was kind of predictable to the point of it being not very good, um, except for kids. There were other shows like that. Roy Rogers mm-hmm. was a cowboy. You know, <laughs> you know they had this this cheerful attitude. Hopalong Cassidy and, and Roy Rogers. You know, they'd come upon somebody on the prairie or you know. Hey, friend. How yes, can we help you out you're today? exactly right. Yes. <laughs> or what are you cowpokes up to? You know, he's real <laughs> cheerful. <laughs> <way. laughs> and the, the gunsmoke was not cheerful. No. Matt Dillon was. Oof. Yeah. There were some episodes that were that just when it was over, you just kind of hung your head <laughs> because it didn't yes. end. It, it just kind of like, oh, yeah, everybody's sad. Yeah. Even the good guys who've won, if they won, were sad about it because something went wrong, you know? It didn't always turn mm-hmm. out well. There was one episode where Matt Dillon, um, he, he, he had to do this to save this man's life, although he had never done such a thing before and he was nervous about it and didn't want to do it. He had to amputate a guy's leg. Um, as the marshal, you know, mm. the, the, the doc wasn't around and, and this guy had to, had mm. to have it done. It was a, it was a very hard to listen yeah. to that episode. Yeah. And then the guy died anyway. Oh, no. So that's, you know, they didn't Jeez. always turn out well. And yeah. there were a lot of things like that. Uh, hard but, concepts, hard things that they, yeah. you know, they, they did. It seemed like they challenged the listeners. I mean, even the role of Kitty was kind of riding this line. Was she, what kind of person was she? And One of the only women on the show, right? It was pretty much that she was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what she... But that was never overtly shared. But right. they, they also had this respect for her. And then she know? was running the saloon. Mm-hmm. You know, that was her, that was, she kind of did both, yeah. I think. You know, but, but I mean, um, they would go to her mm-hmm. and talk and, and, you know, it was like she was a respected person to them. Not to really. Oh, in many episodes, many episodes, there were Matt would come to her defense because people would say we don't want her. Uh, They thought low of her. I guess that's what I meant. Matt had respect for her. Matt, yeah, yes, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, there are episodes where Matt arrived too late to save the this this horse thief from being lynched. Mm. You know, so in the end, he's real mad that that this happened and the guys got away with it or. You know, it's just, they didn't always end nicely. Yeah. You know, these were all written by, this is my thing. John Meston was the writer for Mm. these shows. And he wrote like 40 a year. Holy man. And he wrote the TV episodes later too. Wow. That guy should be recognized as a great writer. Yeah. You know. It's like you wrote a novel. Yeah. But it's even more than a novel. And it was, your name maybe wasn't as, as well known as... All these actors and, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, you know, if he had written novels, he'd be recognized as mm-hmm. a good writer. And people have largely forgotten John wow. Meston. You know, he wrote all those scripts <laughs> and they were so well done. Oh, now, McDonald was the one who insisted on things like realistic... Um, sound effects. And, things, the sound mm-hmm. effects. Oh. oh. On the radio show, it is unbelievable how to what lengths they went mm-hmm. to have great sound effects. Lots well, of downtime. Often they'd be just like walking. You could just yep. hear, hear feet, footsteps. <laughs> a lot of, lot of silence too. 
and I'm focusing more on radio than TV. There was a TV, a whole history there too. But here's the thing. William Conrad played Matt Dillon, and he had a voice that just would not quit. He, <laughs> he was wonderful voice, deep, gruff. He portrayed this character who was um, a competent marshal. Mm-hmm. Everybody trusted him pretty much. The way he would deliver the lines. I remember one guy said to him, um, some f- f- bad guy came to town and he was causing trouble. And he said to Marshal Dillon, you know, if, if you don't do what I tell you, you're going to be, you'll, you'll wish you had never seen me before. And he said, I'm already wishing that. You know, <laughs> it just, he just had these great lines like that. I've got to read you these parts from these books. Okay. This is the book that you were talking about last yes. time. This is that Gerald, Gerald Nachman, yeah. Raised on Radio. Here's the sad part. Matt Dillon, played by William Conrad, who later on became canon on TV. He had a long career before and after this, mm. but he was an excellent Matt Dillon. But his, his body shape went from being kind of slim to being pretty round. And when it came time to go to TV, they wouldn't have him be the TV guy. He was mm-hmm. kind of a short, round guy. They wanted somebody tall like James Arness. So here's what um, Gerald Nachman says about this. Casting a squat, baggy-eyed, multi-chinned, mustachioed oh. actor as a Western hero, that innovative TV's Gunsmoke wasn't. You know, they wanted somebody who fit the part better. And they took all these characters and cast them aside. Because it wasn't just William Conrad. You also had Parley Bear playing Chester. He was excellent. Then you had Howard McNear playing Doc. And George Ellis was Kitty. Those four all wanted to go on TV and Ugh. they didn't. They took. They, they That's cast so them all stupid. Aside. Yeah, I know. That's such a shame because, you know, think about if they're in the radio show, they were able to capture this thing, and, and it, it was so authentically um, Western, right? Yes. And then honestly, if it were really authentically authentic to that, then if that guy's voice matched that body, then he would like it. it who cares? Yeah. Maybe in the Wild West, that would have been the look of a real marshal. And it wouldn't, you don't have to be tall and yeah. and, and handsome to be a marshal. And Come I on. think, I think beyond that, the radio show, they said was it was better and easier, maybe not easier, but better to portray all these things mm. with just sound than mm-hmm. with the, when they went to TV, Norman McDonald himself said, this isn't going to be as good. Wow. And, and it really wasn't. You know, they could do more with the, the sound. This is from Dunning's book. When Dylan opened the jail door, the listener heard every key drop on the ring. Dylan's spurs rang out with a dull clink clink, missing occasionally. Hmm. And the hollow boardwalk echoed dully as the nails creaked in the worn wood around them. Buckboards passed and the listener heard extraneous dialogue in the background, just above the muted shouts of kids playing in an alley. He heard noises from the next block, too, where the inevitable Mm. dog was barking. They included all that, and it wasn't really part of the show, but people were talking, and you could hear this background stuff. 
or a coyote in the distance or mm-hmm. you know a crackle of a fire going on what how what? could you even achieve that on tv mm-hmm. maybe now with all the technology they have now and the money they have now from tv they could do it on a netflix show uh-huh but it's all visual there yeah but, yeah. but it but on a 50s when tv was so brand new Yes, not it was novel, but how could you even possibly come close to capturing what you just described on this brand new thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't have the budget for that. But you were supposed to just be sitting in a right. dark room, perhaps, with your with your eyes shut, yeah. listening, and you were there. Yeah, exactly. You know, watching TV, you're not there. And you know what? This is kind of neat because when I was younger, I remember hearing you describe this very thing, the comparison between Gunsmoke and Lone Ranger, and then... Gunsmoke radio versus TV, and I remember then going on my own and listening to some episodes and and really realizing the um, beauty of it. And maybe it was I just took it for granted before I really thought about all these pieces that you told me about. But then I thought, yeah, this is. I mean, it's it's rich with mm-hmm. all of that. And if you just sit down and with with a an untrained ear if you're not educated in this to think about these things it might just seem like any other show at first listen but then when you start to piece it all together you yeah. realize how and if you listen from the very beginning those early episodes from 1952 the characters mm-hmm. as with other shows the characters aren't developed yet but right. they get, they become more and more real to you and they uh, change a little bit here's something from Dunning's book also Chester talking about the part of Chester here it says, uh, Dylan trusted Chester and Doc as much as he dared trust anyone. He knew that if he needed someone to stand at his back, Chester would be there. Um, Doc was dependable, but every now and then he'd get soused up, and maybe at the moment of removing an appendix, Doc would be a little snockered. You know, that was Doc's part. Yeah. He, was, he was kind of this... It was the Old West. Yeah. So, you know, they didn't have that kind of stuff on Roy Rogers or yeah. Lone Ranger. <laughs> right. So if you go from those, Gunsmoke was way more realistic. And if you really got, want to take it further, go and watch HBO's Deadwood. Right. Because that's just amazingly brutal. Yeah. You know? But yeah, yeah, this is... This, this is, is like right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's an amazing show, really. Pretty incredible that they were able to achieve that at the time, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and they were such good friends with each other, and they uh, were they they worked together so well. Mm. Um, Howard McNear, who played Doc, he went on to be the bar- the barber on Andy Andy Griffith show, and then he died sometime in the mid '60s. And those other guys went on, and they they've talked so fondly of him that Aww. they just thought Howard McNear was the greatest guy in the Aww. world. That's cool. Harley Bear cried talking oh. about him in this one documentary about about Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, great show. Yep. Still yet today. Yep. It's amazing the way they did it, and it's still that show. That way, there it's it's got a class that certain other radio shows might lack. Yes. Yes. You can really get into it, and you can you know I can imagine if it was on once a week as it was back in the fifties. 
you were happy to yeah to be there again and you know what this is my most recent memory of it because i i listen to those i listen to radio shows all the time and it depends on my mood i guess but boy when adam and i went out west a few years ago uh-huh. that was on the top of my list when uh-huh. I'd, I'd sit out in this little <laughs> sheep herders wagon we rented uh-huh. and make a little bonfire and listen to that uh-huh. out there sure. and it it was and you've talked about when you go, you know, camping or yep. out to a, a natural area, put one of those episodes on or six shooter mm-hmm. and you really get into the, the spirit yeah. of it. It's on my list of things to do is to go to Dodge City mm. in Kansas. That's where this t- took place Ugh. in the 1870s, wow. supposedly. Yeah. Just imagine that. Oh, oh yeah. man. That's so interesting. Yeah. Very cool. That's a great topic. Okay. And yeah, let's talk about Beach Boys a little bit. Such yes. a different, uh, such a completely different topic. <laughs> From Dodge City to Beach the Boys. California yeah. beaches. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This is pretty neat. Um, I I have to admit, I think that this should be a topic we reinsert into that jar for a later time because yeah. it's just too big to to do the whole thing at once. Uh, I have a couple of things I want to share with you, and I just want to talk about our opinions, too. One little video I wanted to share, I, I watched and I really enjoyed, was from this person called The Holly Hobbs on YouTube. I've Never seen so many videos from this guy. He analyzes Beatles music and 60s hits and all this kind of stuff, and he had this video about 10 interesting facts about the Beach Boys. It was pretty interesting. And the I'm, Holly Hobbs? The Holly Hobbs is the guy's name. I don't know. Don't <laughs> ask me. I'd recommend it, though. He's, he's very All informative right. and pretty um, in-depth with his research. Hmm. I'm not going to just repeat verbatim what he had in his video. I think that'd be kind of lame. Let's see here. I learned that Chuck Berry almost sued the Beach Boys for stealing his oh, sweet the 16. Beginning, the beginning sweet of the song. Sweet little 16, yeah. Uh-huh. He, they pretty much ripped off that whole thing. Yes, it was yes. Ins- They were inspired by it, by the whole repeating these cities to re- reference where different oh, girls were wow. but but um when brian wilson heard that he was like oh well, let's do this with surf surf capitals <laughs> and he was all excited about it and he wow. specifically said i love this sweet little 16 song let's do that similar thing with surf stuff hmm. and it got inspired that way but was almost sued it didn't happen but that's that was when i got this idea of i want to put chuck berry's name in the, in the jar i bet he'd be interesting just to, to hmm. research uh of course, we all know that there's this connection between Beatles and Beach Boys, their whole inspirational ladder. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of neat. I want to talk about that a little bit, too. That you know, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that was happening. Mm. You know, it was happening, but I, you know, only way later I read that wow. Paul McCartney kind of admired Brian Wilson, and Brian Wilson and heard versa, Beatles, yeah. and he was trying to, <laughs> trying to do things yeah, that way. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so neat to think that because of those two brains at similar times feeding off of each other, we got to have these great albums, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, who knows what would have happened without each one's influence on the other. Um, mm-hmm. And from such different areas. It's like entirely different right. countries. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So it's, you know, it started with Rubber Soul. Brian Wilson got really inspired by that, and he came out with Pet Sounds, and that inspired Sgt. Pepper. And George Martin was interviewed and said that Sergeant Pepper would not exist had Pet Sounds not existed. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I don't ever hear quite what everybody else hears. 
Well, they said songs. in a lot of these. You know, they say that oh. all the time that it was so influential on oh. McCartney, and I've read that too. But they said it's that so they said that it wasn't in a lot of these interviews. Like Brian Wilson himself said, "Pet Sounds" was not their version of Rubber Soul. Hmm. It was completely different, but it was just like he he said to himself, "I need to make something that's better or as good as Rubber Soul." Yeah. Not the same as. Right. And I think that's probably the same thing. I never put the two um, bands together. No. You know, when I was a kid, the, the Beach Boys were out and, and they played all these songs. But, you know, I didn't live on the, in California. Mm-hmm. I didn't see surfing. Yeah. You know, surfing songs is like, okay, you know. But, yeah. you know, so many of the songs were about Catch yep. the Wave and all this yep. stuff. It meant nothing to me. You right. Know? And the but that's song, similar to how the how the Beatles got started too. It's just like kind of this, you know, easy to listen, easy to bop to kind of yeah. stuff. And then it got more interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's true. Similar but, but to the, with the Beach Boys. Yeah. There's like this whole idea. There's like two camps: the the lollipops and sunshine surf scene, or <laughs> the more in depth, like kind of mysterious. It never got there. like the Beatles though. I'm no. I'm a Beatles guy, and the the Beach Boys. I like them. I've come to like them more than I did in the past. Mm-hmm. You and I went to see Brian yeah. Wilson. Oh, yeah, that's so great. <laughs> um, what a songwriter he yeah. was. But it is. But um, you know, I don't know. It's just it's it's there's there they all they don't all sound the same, but they have that element where there's mm. the there's that falsetto, and then mm-hmm. you got Mike Love singing this, and they, it's all like, oh. I don't know if I agree with you. You know? I I don't know. And there's less and less about the instrumentation. It's the, mm. it's the, the voices, and the Beatles weren't yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I agree with you. No? Yeah. I think, I think that, um, like I said, I would like, I really am inspired to do more research. I don't think that I got quite enough yet to satisfy this this whole story but from what i've what i got here so far brian wilson was the guy i think there's a lot of instrumentation going on and weird little things that you wouldn't first hear true you know some of the chords used mm-hmm. were very unusual and the and within one song how many different things happen yeah it's unfair to compare the beatles yeah. and the beach boys yeah you know or the beach boys with with Almost anybody else. Yeah. They were they're their own sound. So mm-hmm. that's that's kind of, yeah, I was going down a road here. Well, I well, I, I think it's fair, though. I think it's not a bad thing to say. I don't know. I mean, what about even just the name of the two different bands? It, they kind of pigeonhole themselves with Beach Boys, you know? You can't <laughs> really get off of that. You can't get too, yeah. you know, Beatles, get, it's a little more open to interpretation. B-E-A. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went their own direction. <laughs> well, I heard something like Brian Wilson said something about when he listened to Rubber Soul, he knew that this was this was what rock and roll was going to be like. Uh-huh. And then I think he that's what got him going in a different direction than mm-hmm. he had been in earlier. So ah, this is just so interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's interviews with Paul McCartney saying his first impressions of these things too, and it's really yeah. cool to hear him talk about yeah. it. Very interesting. Imagine that. Yeah. You know, he's way over there yeah. in England, and he's listening to this Yeah. Guy and from... you and I can feel whatever way we feel. Well, I feel like it's not comparable, but yeah. obviously Paul McCartney yeah. heard something Well, that's why that. I went out in that direction, because yeah. we were talking about the Beatles and how they... Yeah. Well, here's a little tidbit. Here's a couple things that will might help you 
sort through all these things. So I learned that the song God Only Knows was written in only 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's a great song. It's like their best, people say it's their masterpiece, you mm. know. It was written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher, who helped them write oh. a variety of songs, I think maybe eight or nine hmm. total for Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that the lyrics were only written in 45 minutes, but then Brian spent hours working out all of the musical stuff. He did that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's where I kind of have a harder time dismissing all of that because I think mm-hmm. there are probably extremely subtle things that maybe only are picked up when you listen to it with certain headphones or, yeah. you know, I, I don't know all and that that's stuff. that's like Mike Love took exception to all this, too. He didn't mm. like all this. Yeah. Come on, let's crank out some of these hits. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And there's this, I guess they debated for a really long time about the use, the use of the word God in that. Oh. Because they were scared of hurting someone. Oh, I don't know. They, before they used that in that song, what that they, they never, no one ever used the word oh. God in any pop song. Oh. No, nothing besides, like, God bless America. Yeah, yeah. No one had ever gone down that road before. I thought you were going to tell us what you, what they used before they said, let's use God. Oh, no. What could they possibly? I don't even know. <laughs> Mom only knows. Know. There's um, nothing wrong with that use of that word. No, that not song. at all. Yeah. But it's just interesting. But, you know, and, it, yeah. and apparently, it was even banned on some some random southern stations. They said it was blasphemy. Yeah. It's amazing. Let's just think about that, though. How silly that sounds. People but were very people, sensitive then. Yeah. You know the song by Bread, "Make It With You." Oh. I want to make it with you. It's a love song. Yeah. People in in David Gates' hometown were all up in arms when that <laughs> song came out because they thought, the rumor went around, everybody ran with it, that he was saying, naked with oh you. Oh, my gosh. And back in the 60s, you know, people were doing these outrageous things like, oh, you know, David <laughs> Gates is doing it now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's Jeez. so stupid. Yeah. And here we have... These, this gun smoke show with all this nitty gritty stuff way back then. <laughs> and people were fine with it. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is interesting that you bring up the whole thing of not feeling connected to this as much because you didn't surf or didn't have yeah. oceans near you. Because only one of the Beach Boys surfed. Did you know that? Dennis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dennis unfortunately, he's the, he, yeah, drowned. he drowned. Yeah. So it's like, oof. Yeah, I think I read that before. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And Brian Wilson himself had a huge fear of the water and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't swim because he had partial hearing loss in one of his ears. Really? Yeah. And so they say that that's because uh, his dad like oh, beat him on the head yeah, as a toddler or something like that. Good. Yeah, yeah. So he couldn't swim because it might have it might have impacted that further and gotten it ear infection. He, right. He could have become more susceptible. Oh, jeez. So yeah, I know. Wow. This is wild. Well, they'd all wear their their surfer yeah. outfit on stage, and then immediately take it off when they got off stage. <laughs> <laughs> None of them liked surfing. Uh, uh, yeah, I do remember that I liked certain songs of theirs um, mm. when I was a kid. Other ones were kind of like, yeah. Meh. And that, you know, I liked the Beatles that mm-hmm. when I was real little, and then I moved into I liked electric guitars. Yeah, yeah. I liked you know, right, louder heavier kind of music and the beach boys was Mm-mm. like eh, eh, you know but it's i did like i get around i thought that was a fun song <laughs> round round get around, yeah. I get around i didn't care for a lot of the other ones um 
they were really inspired by doo-wop, and that was kind of yeah. out maybe by the time you were yeah. listening to that kind of that's thing. That's true, what right? you said, just said. Yes, that's and, true. And, um, yeah, do you, are you familiar with their 67 album, Smiley Smile? Did you give me a, a, a disc with that? I don't think so. Some time ago, you gave me a disc of huh. Beach Boy. No, that was something else. Oh, I know what you're okay. talking about. Yeah. That was the Smiley vegetables. Smiley Smile. One. It sounds familiar. Smiley Smile came out in 67, and it was not really a big success with yeah. the radio or anything, but they use it a lot in clinics to help people with like LSD trips. Oh, if they're God. having a bad LSD trip, it's been kind what? of like a... Yeah, it's like a common knowledge thing that that puts people at ease. Isn't that weird? I don't know about that. That's what it said in, that's what the Hollyhops said, okay? <laughs> that is what the Hollyhops said. And and it's really, oh. there's all these quotations about how they, there's these places that that's, they, that's part of their protocol. They use this album. What the heck? Yeah. They should play them Skip Spence's Or. That would be a what good one. What does that sound like? It's an album. He, he recorded the whole thing on, well. on an LSD trip. It's really I don't know good. If that, would, that would help you feel better. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know. either, but <laughs> I don't know. I thought oh, that was kind of interesting, though. Wow. And I have to say that I didn't really know anything about Pet Sounds, the album, before going to that concert with you. Uh, when we went to see Brian Wilson, I really wanted to get better at yeah. learning all these things. So I listened to it a lot, and I really loved it. Hmm. And I realized, you know, all the all the super famous songs like. Surfer Girl and Surfing USA, you you might listen to one, and then maybe not the whole album after that, but but Pet Sounds, it's like the whole thing is mm-hmm. you gotta listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I I discovered that actually. I remember a couple times trying to listen to one or two here and there, and I realized nope, it's gotta be a full mm-hmm. experience all at once. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. And I, <laughs> that's a that's a funny thing too. Everyone says you got this one friend who's who says pet sounds. Oh, you gotta hear pet sounds. It's a, this <laughs> this like silly stereotype, but it is really good though. I'll say this: Christmas is coming, and some of these groups that come out with a Christmas carol or you know, <laughs> they 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 fall flat on their face. The Beach Boys with Little Saint Nick. I love that song at Christmas time. I think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and it fits right in with their that, yeah. with their whole sound. Yeah. yeah. I think they're great because depending on your mood, you can tune in and have a real upbeat, easy, fun time. Or you can go a little more deep and get kind of entranced by the mm-hmm. more poetic stuff, I guess. There's two different sides. Well, he Brian Wilson had kind of a mental illness. Yeah. And, and a um, lot of hard stuff. I think yeah. he's better now than he was back. He, he, he was reclusive and, mm-hmm. and, and dangerously kind of out there. But he did these things where he got obsessive, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get just the right tone yeah, of this thing. Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. It's for you on the record. Yep. And you can hear it. And yep. that's the end result of all that, you know. Ugh. Well, can I tell you one of my favorite little sure. bits? I don't know if anyone else knows what I'm talking about. But when I listen to that Pet Sounds album, there's that song, You Still Believe in Me. Hmm. I want to cry. Do you know that part? Wow. Yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> uh, but at the end of that, there's they have this very beautiful 
configuration the uh-huh. whole time. And then right near the end, all of their voices sing that part. Uh-huh. Oh, this operatic thing. But then they have this little, this little car honk. Really? It's so weird. It's so weird. I just love hearing that, though. Is it possible to just miss that? I mean, I've missed Probably. It. Yeah. I think if you don't listen to it with, if you listen to it in mono or something, you might <laughs> miss it. I always loved that little piece. And then when you and I went to that concert in Milwaukee, they played that song, and I was waiting for them to do that little honk. Yeah. And they did. And it made me, I just oh, went that's, nuts. That's great. It was so good. I tried to tell you. With you what? Did, with some kind a little, of a little horn? A little, like, c- clown horn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like that. <laughs> Go you back were telling me, but I didn't know what you were talking about. You didn't know, about. and then I yeah. proceeded to just have this wonderful moment. <laughs> <sighs> it was so cool. Wow. Those tiny details, I think yeah. it sounds like a like a circus cart going, uh, you know? you it, it, it. I know the song you're talking about with those blending of those voices. It, mm-hmm. just, it, it just rises, and it's so nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I think that, that goes for the whole album. I think when you hear it as a one massive piece of art instead of small individual songs and suddenly... Well, you know, I often think of this when, uh, you know, when Pete Townsend first told the other band members of The Who, here's a new song yeah. I've written. Here's what I want you to do. You know, that must be something to, to be there for that. But Brian Wilson had to tell these guys, here's what I want you to do here. And yeah. Here's what I want it to sound like. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Just, it's just amazing to think about that. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no. It's kind of kind of makes sense why there would be tough times between if you're trying to harmonize yeah. like that so delicately. And imagine with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what mental state he was in, but you know, let's say his brother says, "Well, I'm going to play it like this." Mm-hmm. No, no, you know, yeah. you've got to play it the way I'm. You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would have been Jeez. hard. Oh man! <laughs> and you know, here's my memory of the Beach Boys when I was a little kid. The albums were in our house because I had older sisters and pet sounds that came later. Mm. It wasn't part of my world at all. Mm. But these these early ones where they're holding a a big surfboard and they're all walking across the beach, you know. Those are the ones I remember. Well, now that I'm in your life, I'm going to make you (laughs) the pet sounds. But I have pet sounds. (laughs) I know. I'm just joking. But, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting, though, because I think it's cool. You influenced me so much with all of these topics. It's like you introduced me to the love of old things, but then within that, I have gone in my own directions. It's always still, I still love all things old, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, I still sometimes uncover things that you haven't found. Right. And that makes it so exciting. And you have to keep one foot in the present. Yeah. I don't. Why? <laughs> well, when you were in kindergarten and they asked you what's your who's your favorite singer and you said Dennis Day. It's still true. <laughs> nobody, your teacher, your your friends, nobody knew who you're talking about. Yeah. So it's important for you to remain a little bit uh, connected to the, to the present. <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't have any I I have very little going on with well, what's happening good now. thing is next season is not going to be Dad's Attic 2.0 all modern stuff so <laughs> rest assured <laughs> I like to have a clue sometimes when I watch Jeopardy for instance what they're I'll talking I'll make you about. your own Jeopardy with just references <laughs> from old time radio shows 
Oh, oh yeah. So, okay. Well, what well. a great second season. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Season three coming On up our way. right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs>